it. The process of elimination in this competition. Pinfall, submission, or count-off. There is no poison, no creation, and no medicine to cure what we have. It takes a certain kind of man. That's the kind of man you are looking at. It takes a certain kind of man. That's the kind of man you are looking at. From the ashes of the Datafight Media Network and the ruins of half a lifetime spent speaking truth to power, this is Alan John's Ring of Tyranny. week out from the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Uh, I am, of course, Alan Johns, your host here at Ring of Tyranny, where uh, we speak about wrestling, current wrestling stats events. Uh, this is just what what I what I do. I'm a born broadcaster. It's in my blood. This is what I want to do. I want to have a show. Of course, I, I ran a show uh, previous to this, uh, kind of a media empire of sorts over the internet. We had multiple chat rooms with uh, thousands of users uh, called Datafied, the Datafied Media Network, which was uh, referred to as a conspiracy theory, but we prefer the term truth-telling uh, network where we spread information that was uh, more than valuable to our listeners uh, regarding the government and their stance and what kind of tools they can use to preserve their stance and preserve their homes and their families and keep themselves safe. So we can't talk about that anymore. Uh, and we're talking about wrestling now. And so we've got a, a little bit of a week to cover here after the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, which I could blow through pretty quick. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Honestly, uh, the first match, uh, Orton and Hardy, brutal Hell in a Cell, Inner Cell match that didn't spill into the outside. Kind of reminded me of the uh, Usos uh, New Day match from last year. And kind of thinking, you know, they might do a tradition of these more on-the-floor Hell in a Cell matches at the start. And uh, the wild ones at the end, even if they don't make as much sense. But going back to Bad Blood 97, this, this match only spilled out of the ring a little bit. It didn't really... Well, well, they did go up to the... Yeah, I guess it's it's quite different. But it's cool to just kind of have these brutal cage matches. Uh, the New Day one was similar, just a little sillier. And the Zordon Hardy match, in my opinion, was off the charts, entertaining. I don't know if I need to watch it again, considering the brutality, uh, the screwdriver through the cage, and, of course, the piece of Randy Orton's leg hanging off after he was... Uh, attacked by Jeff, uh, all around a good match. Little worried about Hardy's brain there at the end. Uh, on to, uh, what did we have? Becky and Charlotte. I, I gotta say, I don't really understand the cheering for Becky. She turned on her friend. I understand people don't want Charlotte to take a chance, but that's her job, is to take a chance and go after the belt. So, supporting Becky, I guess, for having a temper tantrum and attacking her friend, and Becky wins the belt here. Kind of a sloppy match, I thought. And, uh, along with the belt has come some... 
uh, nifty shoes with wings on them that she wore on SmackDown, and a whole new attitude taunting Charlotte, telling her to wrap the belt around her waist and kiss her feet and blah, blah, blah. Uh, certainly apparent that they are not friends anymore, but the crowd is behind Becky, uh, trying to liken her to Stone Cold, and uh, I don't see her drinking any beer or uh, filling her boss's car with uh, cement yet, so I don't think I'm ready to go that far, but uh, it's nice to see such wishful thinking from fans who hold the, the possibility of, of good still. They hold out for that in their hearts. That's nice to see. Uh, so, uh, on to uh, some of the other matches. Uh, you know, the McIntyre-Ziggler tag match against the Shield of Ambrose and Rollins was quite good. Uh, felt it stole the show. That would be my match of the evening. Just electric, uh, awesome in-ring action that was fun to watch. And even if they came back later in the night and kind of, you know, you want to leave the meeting on a high note. Uh, and if you come back in and uh, try to kind of add on to it and make the high note push just a little higher, sometimes you can push too high and lose everything. Uh, I feel, you know, maybe a good metaphor for McIntyre and Ziggler and Rollins and Ambrose coming out during the main event Hell on a Cell match and getting on top and kind of doing a silly fall off the side. Anyway... Uh, we had Miz and Maurice versus Brian and Bree Bella, as I'm sure most people have already forgotten about in the seven days since the pay-per-view, but, uh, I thought this was a fun match, kind of a 80s, you know, uh, just, uh, good times, good feeling, have a fun match, match, Miz, of course, won, uh, I believe this was my predictions, doesn't really matter now, I could tell you my predictions and how I did, I think I got a, I think I got about 70%, maybe a C, uh, but uh, we're, we're way past that point now, so... There's a match after this. We had Ronda Rousey kind of hulking out on Alexa Bliss. This really reminded me of a Hulk Hogan uh, type, you know, amping up in the middle of the match, kind of punching the ribs that Alexa Bliss had been attacking as if to show I'm not hurting and powering up on the audience cheers uh, to overtake the match and retain her belt. Uh, pretty good. Uh, it's all pretty good. Uh, had a good time watching it. Hell in a Cell. Uh, the Red Cell, of course, making things a little bit difficult to watch, I understand. It's supposed to be Cell. It's Hell. It's Fire. Um, you know, I understand using the little Hellraiser box, the Cenobite box that Pinhead uses to capture his victims when they solve the box. So this, this is the box, that, the golden box with the puzzles that's twisting and opening and showing the different matches on the promo for the show. I understand you want to go, you know, use some hell-themed uh, promo editing for your hell-themed pay-per-view, so... We use that. Uh, we had a poster, of course, depicting Braun Strowman as a green-faced horned demon with a forked tongue spilling out of his mouth uh, over the head of a devil, Roman Reigns, with horns and a red face. Of course, Roman's goatee was unchanged because it already kind of looks like a devil's goatee. Uh, he defended his belt on Raw against Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin just kind of goofing around, uh, got pinned once and called a uh, no-disqualifications rematch and got pinned again, and uh, that was uh, fun, I guess. He's, he's just kind of being a thorn in the big dog's side, and of course, no matches will be of consequence. It appears uh, you could take from all the 
constant advertising for the new pay-per-views. There's going to be two new pay-per-views in different countries, Australia and Saudi Arabia, and it appears the biggest matches of the month are going to be happening there, so you can watch Raw and SmackDown in your spare time, not really expecting anything big, but maybe something minorly big uh, will be allowed to happen. Probably not, but of course we will be watching and following the matches as they come. <laughs> On Raw, of course, uh, there was another segment with Elias, and uh, Leo Rush came out, and Elias done a funny thing where he asked whose kid Leo Rush was, and who, what kind of irresponsible parent had left their little child walk out onto the stage where it's dangerous, and I agreed with him. Uh, but Leo Rush uh, told him, Elias, he's the man of the hour, and he's there for Bobby Lashley, and he made his presence known, did some jumpy jumps and flippy flips and uh, ended up on Bobby Lashley's shoulders. And so this is a manager that can kind of fight like uh, Yoda in Attack of the Clones when he sees fit and he will fight that way and ride on his heroes uh, or his clients' shoulders into the sunset. I thought it was pretty fun and it's good to see. Uh, I think it's going to be a good team up and a good thing for Bobby Lashley who um, I think deserves uh, something to work out here. And hopefully these two can work it out. It's already been very entertaining so far. And uh, I also find Drake Maverick's size compared to the author's pain entertaining. I'm not sure why they're fighting jobbers. They could have been doing this from the start. Uh, it appears we're not supposed to remember uh, trying to kind of do a men in black brain wipe of the last few weeks so we don't remember and feel like authors of pain are a new act every week, which is fine, uh, because they're good. You might as well do that anyway, because it's a good team, and eventually it will take off uh, with or without Mr. Drake uh, and his colorful suits. On a backstage scene with uh, Ronda Rousey and Natalia, I thought this could definitely spell some kind of double cross by Natalia. Uh, Ronda Rousey, of course, saying she's going to do an open challenge. I figured Natalia would come to stab her in the back, and lo and behold, when Ronda Rousey has just the open challenge, Natalia's wheels a kits. Of course, uh, this is just a ploy by the devious riot squad, who, ah, well, they're, they're pretty devious. They're a thorn in the main roster side, I guess, and they teased that turn, so maybe it'll happen in a year from now, uh, kind of like the delayed Aiden English turn on Rusev Day. I guess they just thought about they might be, should have done this, uh, on the pay-per-view or before, or perhaps they're just, uh, Aiden wanted to swerve us all, and, uh, kind of doing it on the SmackDown was probably the most surprising route to go, and I did, I uh, think it was pretty cool he used the microphone, uh, because that would be his weapon of choice, being the singer. I just don't know if the singer, uh, persona is going to be as interesting without Rusev. Perhaps I'll find somebody else, uh, to team with. Uh, but at this point, uh, well, who knows? Maybe he'll team up with, uh, all of us. And that could be kind of a good dynamic, uh, same dynamic, different different group to uh, rise up to the top. Maybe, maybe I'll help out Almas. Uh, most people probably wouldn't care about that uh, pairing, and uh, honestly, to be clear, I'm not sure that I really do either, but uh, as we move on at the pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell, AJ Styles, of course, defended the belt against Samoa Joe. Uh, Samoa Joe spending a month kind of uh, going a little loopy, writing letters to himself, uh, pretending to be AJ Styles' wife, and of course writing children's books where 
he uh, overtakes AJ Styles and becomes the new daddy of his family. Of course, Samoa Joe threatening almost Wendy, AJ Styles' wife, Wendy Styles, and uh, kind of going over the line, in my opinion, because uh, wrestling is wrestling and tough talk is tough talk. But uh, when you threaten another man's family, I, I think maybe, you know, you don't need to go that far. That's about as far as anybody needs to go. And when it happens, I think it's good to kind of call it out. But uh, what happened after that uh, in the match might even be more uh, revolting to me, Alan Johns. And that was AJ tapping out and legitimately losing the match, uh, but the referee didn't see and called the match for AJ, uh, pinning Samoa Joe to the, to, the, to the mat, which isn't what won the match. He tapped out before the three count, and uh, Samoa Joe knows it, we know it, and AJ Styles, of course, knows it, and I think this kind of hurts his credibility as a good man, family man, uh, who cares about his wife and kids because he's willing to cheat uh, just to have more matches and stay in his possibility, cheating Joe out of the belt. So as terrible as I think it is, as disgraceful, uh, depraved, and low-down it could be to threaten another man's family, as Joe has, in the form of false letters written to himself and uh, fake children's books that he has uh, put together quite convincingly. Uh, I do think he kind of has the uh, the right to the belt at this point, and I don't see what AJ Styles is doing. Uh, it's fraud. He's letting a lie, and uh, at this uh, at this junction, I think I'm going to have to hear forth. Consider him a cheater until he loses, as he should, and uh, you know, fate is corrected itself. Talk about the main event. Let's talk about the main. Uh, Storyline on Raw, the main event. The main event players, of course, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose. So, at Hell in the Cell, we had a pretty good match. I, I thought it was decent. Roman Reigns, of course, doing his normal Superman punches, uh, doing his little wavy hand thing in the air where he punches the ring and gains some sort of superpower. Not really sure what uh, that's supposed to be. I'm not really sure what the vests are supposed to be. They're, they're kind of weird. They look like... Uh, uh, oversized, uh, misproduction, um, uh, what do you call it, defective, defective product, uh, his vest look like an enlarged, uh, child's costume. Anyway, uh, he, uh, and Braun had a pretty good match, and then they kind of knocked each other out, falling through a table. That's when Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre run out. They run up, climb up to the top of the cell, and they're all fighting on top of the cell, all four men. Uh, the cell's buckling, and then uh, Drew and Seth Rollins, uh, sorry, Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins were climbing on the side of the cage and did a very kind of, uh, it was kind of contrived. I mean, you maybe they should have cut away, but you could see that they were kind of asking about you sure uh, the other one was okay before doing the slow fall down to the ground where they simultaneously fell through tables sitting next to each other, announcer's tables, and everything was a rubble on the floor. Um, for some reason, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman had apparently fallen asleep in the cell inside uh, and uh, did not get up even when um, Brock Lesnar, who I did not expect to see, kind of showed up while well, they started getting up then. But this was a good 10 minutes of fighting on the cell that Braun and Roman inside were just kind of asleep. So maybe someone got hurt worse than we saw, and that is why after Brock Lesnar uh, came in, kicked the door off the front of the hell on the cell, and got in the ring, and F5'd Roman, and Braun, he F5'd Roman on top of Braun. Uh, of course, I think he moved Roman off of Braun so that the ref couldn't count to three, and 
which they probably should have done. They just didn't do anything. And Roman and Braun went to sleep again because they're sleepy babies and this feud cannot be resolved. I had forgotten, of course, that Roman and Braun had that match at Great Balls of Fire, I believe in 2016, the ambulance match, which is actually pretty good if you go back and watch it again. Uh, there is kind of a history to this feud, but I guess it's a history that not everybody appreciates. Uh, Brock Lesnar, I, I, of course, I love the Beast, uh, the Beast Incarnate. Uh, he's kind of exactly what a wrestler should be. He's huge, he's scary, everybody's afraid of him, I don't care who you are, uh, from Vince McMahon to, to, uh, Braun Strowman. Everyone is afraid of this guy, he's tough as nails, and, uh, we just thought he was going to the UFC. But it was nice of him to show up, even though I thought the ending to this match was ridiculous and horrible. Now, they're saying they're gonna resolve this in Australia, I guess, or in Saudi Arabia, I can't remember, we're supposed to watch so many different things now, I'm trying to wonder who has time for it, and trying to wonder if at some point, this McMahon and the WWE are going to start sending paychecks to, to people just to watch this stuff so that somebody can watch it. Because who has time to watch all this stuff? We have to work. We have to live. We have to support our families. We don't have time to watch wrestling 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Even if we did, and even if we were getting paid for it, we would need a day off. It's just too much. It's too much. No one needs it. Now, Vince McMahon, would you watch it? No. You wouldn't watch that much wrestling. Well, maybe he kind of does right now, but, but you wouldn't if you didn't have to. Maybe. I mean, that's an interesting question. So I have some awards. Uh, wanted to kind of mix up the podcast here, so let's let's check it out. Um, where are they now? Uh, Kevin Owens is kind of in a weird spot. I'm not happy to see him in. I think it's Teleton. He's a family man, and we can all appreciate that. Uh, it'd be nice to see them figure out what they want to do with him, because, of course... They had him kind of come out and try to attack Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley, I guess, with Elias. So maybe there will be some teaming up uh, against Bobby Lashley, and that's what will go on for a while. And then uh, maybe at some point we're going to have some kind of turn and place the key that is Kevin Owens into the locking place that he has in the roster and unlock the entire thing uh, for some great wrestling in the next year or so. And pod champ of the week. This is a title that we're gonna give a person on the roster. The pod champion of this week from the Ring of Tyranny pod champion of the week is Roman Reigns for managing to survive and hold on to his belt in the process through all this ridiculous nonsense. He survived through a hell in a cell. It feels like now that he's got the belt, the big dog isn't about to let go. He's gonna be clamped on tight like a pit bull and I don't see the guy letting go of the belt anytime soon if he can avoid it. I mean, hell, we already saw him cheat to win against Braun Strowman. Uh, denying him his money in the bank uh, rematch, and if he was really fair-minded about the belt, he'd be offering another rematch after Brock Lesnar interfered in this one. Though, of course, uh, to be reminded during the Hell in a Cell main event 2018, Braun and Roman did uh, decide to take a nap in the middle of the ring before kind of uh, resolving their issues, which would have been nice. Uh, the pod women's champ of the week is Maurice for tricking Ding Dong Daniel Bryan again and, uh, making him feel bad. That was fun to watch. Uh, uh, true blue Daniel Bryan, the true heart, uh, seems to get taken, uh, for a ride kind of often. It's pretty easy to trick the guy, get him kind of upset. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's fun to watch, uh, people flash that red flag in front of the bull and trick him and make him, make him stab his feet. Uh, Daniel Bryan, of course, prime offender for the uh, uh, offense award. 
offensive material that needs to stop, and that is the overuse of the word coward. Daniel Bryan is a prime offender. Uh, there are offenders on both shows, SmackDown, Raw, probably even on NXT. Everyone is using this two-syllable coward uh, rule. Uh, they're just saying it so much. Uh, what is a cow? A cow ward? You're the ward of a cow. So you are led astray because you're following a cow who does nothing but eat grass and poop and have babies and make milk uh, that you can drink if you want. Um, so what is the deal with the word coward? Uh, let's all offer to send WWE at the Saurus uh, because the writers on the staff apparently need one or perhaps gently remind them on Twitter that as the Saurus can't be found quite easily online, uh, most of them uh, still able you're able to use for free alan john's ring of tyranny was recorded at a secret location in texas uh we thank you very much for listening um if you have any questions feel free to email BerniePresido at gmail.com or three horses radio at gmail.com. That's the number three. Uh, thank you again for listening. Come back. There's going to be more episodes. Uh, we'll probably have some t-shirts and maybe some mixtapes coming out at some point. We'll figure out a way you can donate uh, and keep this ad free. And uh, Alan wants you all to know he loves his little warriors and uh, he wants you to keep fighting the good fight. <laughs>